Hello, everybody. Uh, this is Dr. Kondrat. I hope everyone is healthy and uh, safe. And thank you so much for joining me for this uh, meeting, September the 2nd. And uh, if any of you were online, uh, let me know if you can hear me. I'm typing a message in the chat. Can you hear and see me? Okay, so if you yeah. can. All right, good. Nobody responded. So this is being recorded. So let's see. I hope you can see the screen there. Can you see the screen? Conjurat meeting, September 2nd. Is it coming through? If someone could respond, please. Uh, can you see the screen? Okay, well. Uh, I don't have a screen. Oh, you're on the phone. Okay, so um, uh, in the future, those of you that are on the phone, try to log on the computer because I have a slide presentation and you can see me and I can see you. So it makes these meetings a little bit more interesting that we can see each other. So you can log on to see the slideshow um, on your iPhone or Android or on your computer. Uh, just go to the link that I sent you and there's an option to log on with your computer. So anyway, um, those of you that can't see the screen, it just says Condrat Meeting 2020. So I got some good news. Uh, this is a sonogram, and uh, Dr. Kondrat is going to be a, a grandfather. Uh, this is my first uh, grandson. I think a lot of you know that I have five sons, and Miss Lee and I have been waiting for many, many years to have grandchildren. <laughs> <laughs> so my oldest son just announced to me that... Um, He's having a baby, he and his wife. Uh, his wife is a pediatrician, so I'm hoping that uh, she's going to be a, a, a good mother. But she's a wonderful lady. She's uh, very dedicated to uh, pediatrics. In fact, she's on the faculty at Children's Hospital in Pittsburgh. So now I had an interesting experience because I'm on the road. Uh, my wife and I are afraid to fly. Uh, so we decided to drive up to Pittsburgh from Florida, which is a two-day drive. And, um, you know, we're concerned about the COVID, but we decided driving is, would be safer. So I took my um, ozone generator with me. And I've been hearing a lot of complaints from patients that it's so hard to get oxygen. So I had the experience of actually going into a store to buy a tank of oxygen. There's a company called Airgas, A-I-R-G-A-S, and they are located... Somebody has a better mute your phone or something, You're getting a lot of feedback. Anyway, um, um, Airgas is a chain of stores all over the country, and so I went in. Uh, just ask them for some oxygen. 
They didn't want any identification, no driver's license, no doctor's prescription. Anyway, I got a refill and it was $30. So this refill uh, will probably last me two to three months because my wife and I are doing um, rectal insufflation, auricular daily, keep our body strong and immune system strong to prevent the COVID virus. So I have three great webinars and many of you are familiar with them already. I have one on making your own ozone eye drops. Of course, when you're making your own ozone eye drops, you do not need um, a tank of oxygen. You can buy a CATS generator, which is a small unit, uses ambient air, and you can make your own ozone eye drops. I love ozone eye drops. They're very refreshing. Um, they treat uh, irritations, chronic inflammations, really, really great for dry eyes, wonderful for dry eyes. And, um, you know, I, uh, I love them. Many patients love them. So if you don't, if you haven't tried them, definitely try them. It's much better than using eye drops with preservatives. Rectal insufflation, ozone rectal insufflation is a procedure that I recommended for many of you over the years. I do it frequently. And uh, there's a YouTube video on how to set things up. Some people don't like the rectal insufflation because it's irritating. Uh, sometimes it'll stimulate a bowel movement. And, uh, you know, for those of you that do not like the rectal insufflation, try the auricular. Auricular, it means ear. And so you wear a stethoscope and um, the ozone uh, goes into the ear. So I have a YouTube video on that. But to be honest with you, uh, I kind of got tired of doing the uh, rectal insufflation every day. So I switched to the auricular. Uh, it's debatable on which one is a better procedure. Most doctors feel that the rectal insufflation is, is a much better procedure. So you can check out all these um, YouTube videos that I have. Go to YouTube and just search uh, my name, Condrat Ozone, and you'll get there. But if you have trouble finding it, contact the office. And, uh, you know, we can always send you the link if you can't find it. Or we can even uh, send you, you know, put it on a DVD and send it to you if you like. Learn how to use it. Now, I'm kind of excited. You know, my wife and I, we love mission work, and I haven't done a mission since uh, March. And we were on schedule to do two missions a month until COVID hit. But we're desperately needed in Haiti. And Haiti is one of the few countries that have opened the border so you don't have to quarantine. So we may be going to Haiti uh, September and October uh, for a mission. They have a backlog of probably about 500 surgical cases. So uh, we may be going back September, October. I'm still not opening up the office in Florida because uh, your safety is my utmost concern. And, you know, people are talking about uh, a resurgence in, in the virus in the fall. So we don't want to take that risk. So right now I'm planning to open up the office uh, probably the spring of next year. That'll be a spring of next year, maybe February or March, probably March of next year. So you can check out our mission work, missiontopureblindness.com. So I want to briefly talk about, this is to continue our 
discussion on homeopathy. What is the difference between selecting a homeopathic remedy and an allopathic remedy or a traditional Western remedy? So let's say you have high blood pressure. Typically, the doctor will measure your blood pressure and he'll have his drug of choice. He really doesn't treat you. He's treating your blood pressure. Now, I mean, there may be certain medications that are better suited if you have diabetes or if your diastolic is higher than your systolic. But generally speaking, there's a handful of traditional medicines uh, for just about every disease, maybe four or five for high blood pressure, four or five for diabetes. So, uh, you know, a couple for arthritis. So the difference is the homeopathic remedy looks more than just the particular symptom or the disease. So we have over 3,000 homeopathic remedies. So if you come to me for, let's say, glaucoma, any one of those 3,000 remedies might be what you need for your homeopathic treatment. I know when I had my severe asthma, I was taking three traditional Western medications and my asthma was not getting any better. And that's when I consulted a homeopathic doctor. So uh, there's over 3,000 remedies that could possibly have helped me for my asthma. So how does a homeopathic doctor find out those remedies? Those of you that have had a homeopathic consult with me know that I ask you a lot of peculiar questions. I you know, want to know a little bit more about you, uh, your dietary habits, are you hot or cold, how you sleep. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about how we select a homeopathic remedy. One thing that we look at are modalities. Modalities are what makes the symptoms better or worse. Let's say, for example, you have dry eyes. When are your symptoms better? In the morning, the afternoon. Also, modalities uh, deal with uh, uh, are you better in cold weather, hot weather. Uh, so we look at those uh, aspects because each one of those aspects will help us select a remedy. We also look at uh, sensations. Uh, sensations are how, how you actually describe uh, the symptoms. You know, somebody has dry eyes, some people may say, oh, uh, I have a burning sensation. Somebody else may say dry, somebody else will say cutting. We also want to know um, aggravations or ameliorations. Like, for example, uh, if I take a cold shower or I use hot compresses, um, you know, will that make your symptoms better? So that's a couple ways. In addition, probably one of the most important factors is a causative factor. When did your particular problem develop? And usually those of you that have an eye problem, I want to know when did your eye problems begin? Because sometimes that helps me determine a causative factor. Um, let's say, for example, uh, you lost your job, you had a death in the family, you had an automobile accident, uh, some event happened, which may have triggered a response in your body, which led to the eye problem. Uh, it's music to a homeopath's ears when the patient will tell me, Dr. Kondrat, I've never been well since, blah, blah, blah. I've never been well since 
I retired. I've never been well since I lost my job. Uh, so these factors uh, help lead us to a homeopathic remedy. We also look for peculiar symptoms. Peculiar symptoms are what really interest a homeopathic doctor. You know, let's say you have a stomach ache. Well, if you have a stomach ache at three o'clock in the morning, uh, that is peculiar. Or something, you know, you have dry eyes and, uh, you know, they're, they're worse only when you watch TV. So we look for these peculiar symptoms. We also look for concomitants. The concomitant is an existing symptom that occurs at the same time. Um, so let's say you have an eye problem like macular degeneration, but right around the same time you develop the macular degeneration, you develop high blood pressure, or you develop an allergy to milk, or you had an infection. That's a concomitant. We also look at uh, your emotional state. I really believe that all yeah. eye problems are tied in to an emotional state. So we want to know, are you depressed? Are you angry? Are you fearful? We mention uh, the time of day that sometimes um, your symptoms are aggra aggravated or uh, become better. And sightedness is important. Like, why is it you develop a cataract on the right side or the left side? So all of these things we put together to select a homeopathic remedy. So it's kind of fun. And those of you that uh, have had a homeopathic, uh, have had your homeopathic case taken, you kind of understand a little bit what's going on. Uh, those of you that are on a homeopathic remedy and you're taking it, and maybe you find out that it's, it's not doing what you expect, give me a call. Because I love homeopathy. And I feel that homeopathy can be a valuable adjunct to helping you restore your and restore your health. Um, so let me see here. I think we are done uh, with my with my talk here. All right. Okay, we got a lot of people here, but I can only see one person. So what I want um, what I want all of you to do is try to log on with your computer, okay? So I can see you. It makes it a lot more interesting. I think it makes it more um, more homey, if you will. Uh, you know, you're part of our family, and I want to see you. A lot of you have been you know shut in because of COVID. You're afraid to travel, so you know. All right. So what I'm going to do now is uh, open the lines for questions. So fire away. Yeah, doctor, how, how, how long it takes for uh, microcurrent uh, for the eyes to get some kind of results? Okay, the question is, how long does it take microcurrent to get some results? Well. We always like to see results almost immediately. And many patients do see a marked improvement in a couple of days. Other people take a long time. Oh, wow. I always like to tell a story of a patient I had doing the microcurrent for well over a year. 
And every time I talked with her, she was complaining. When am I going to see results? Dr. Conrad, I'm using it faithfully, on and on and on. And part of me was thinking, maybe, you know, microcurrent's not for her. Maybe I should tell her to stop using it. Uh, but I told her to continue, but I was starting to feel a little guilty. But anyway, after a year, when I spoke with her, uh, she was in tears. She says, Dr. Conrad, I can't believe it. I woke up yesterday and my vision has never been better. So it took her well over a year. Now, uh, something else that you have to consider is if you're not responding to the microcurrent, either there's one or two problems. Number one, there's an underlying condition that's preventing you from getting better, such as heavy metals. That's why I emphasized to everyone, you need to get heavy metals tested and you need to start chelation because if your lead and mercury are elevated, that could be preventing your eyes from getting better. Second thing is proper diet and nutrition. There's no shortcut. You've really got to shift your diet towards organic, raw, healthy food. Food is the best medicine. If you're eating garbage, uh, genetically modified food, canned food, preserved food, that's going to be inhibit your body from healing. The third thing is proper hydration. Microcurrent will not work very well if you are not properly hydrated. The other item is getting the right frequency. So if you're using the microcurrent for three to six months and you're really not getting any, any results, then I got to talk to you and I may want to change the frequency. Our body is an electromagnetic organism. Every cellular function deals with a flow of electrical current. And I find this really fascinating. In fact, I find it so fascinating, I am beginning to uh, take some classes to get my master's in electrical engineering. Many of you know that maybe 20 years ago, I signed up for electrical engineering. But now my interest is really, really peaked. And because of COVID, and I'm not traveling and I have a lot of spare time, I've signed up. I've applied to a couple of universities for a master's program, and I am taking some classes right now. Because I think this whole idea of using electricity frequencies to regenerate the body, I think that is really think it's the future. So I've been doing this for 20 years, and I think it's, it can be magical whenever you get the right frequencies and the right application. So. I, I have been using it for uh, over uh, four months now. Uh, I've well, been using the microcurrent for over four months. You think well, I should continue or what? Definitely continue, but I, maybe I should review your records and uh, we have to talk. Let me see what's going on, set up a time at the office. We may want to change the frequencies, but if you have elevated lead, I review your chart and you got elevated lead, I'm going to say you got to get chelation. If I talk to you and you tell me your diet's crappy, I'm going to be upset. If you tell me you're not drinking a lot of water, I'm going to be upset. If you're doing all those things, if your lead's normal, you have a good, healthy, organic diet, you're drinking plenty of water, then we got to reevaluate things. 
I have my lead. My lead is high. Yeah, I have. Well, you got to take care of that lead. You oh, got to okay. do chelation. You got to take. You got to okay. take. That could be an underlying problem. Now, it's not only the lead. See, lead is a big bully. It's a big element that blocks the healthy minerals. So when your lead is elevated, there's a good chance that zinc, selenium, chromium, all the good minerals are not functioning. Zinc is essential. So usually there's a correlation. If you have elevated lead, probably your zinc is not available for functioning, cellular functioning. But you got to you got to get a chelation program. In fact, I've been doing chelation for 20 years. Uh, you know, I, I take oral, I do rectal. Why am I doing it? Because my lead is up, and I do have some high blood pressure. When I when I do do the chelation, my blood pressure is under better control. I'm 70 right now, and I wow. want to be healthy, and I want to practice and help you folks until I'm 80. Maybe, of course, when I'm 80, I'm going to want to do it until I'm 90. <laughs> increase our health span. Um, I have two questions. Yes. Uh, one is uh, about the homeopathy. And I've been taking it for two months, so I'm very new. Um, when will I experience some results? I, I, if there are results, it's kind of subtle. And the second point is, I saw something on uh, the internet, internet um, on YouTube, um, that pineapple, even three times a day, helps with cataracts. And I wonder if you know anything about that. Uh, I'm not aware of that. Uh, maybe send, email me the I could article. Send the link. But here's the thing. Yeah, I can pineapple. send the link. Here's the thing with pineapple. Pineapple oh. is has a lot of digestive enzymes. So I would think that eating pineapple helps your digestion. There's nothing magical in pineapple. But here's here's the here's the thing that you hear. You know, it seems like every year there becomes a magical ingredient that's going to help your health. We've all heard about. Um, aloe vera was really popular. Goji berries, mangosteen, you know, these network marketing companies come up. But there was a study looking at all these different ingredients, mangosteen, goji berry juice, um, aloe vera, and good old apple juice has more nutrition, nutrition factors, more elements for healing than all these other stuff. Good old apples, but apples are boring. So, you know, look at look at apples. An apple a day. An apple a day keeps yeah. the doctor away. So, but send me that article. Um, but you have to be careful. Yeah, I'll, I'll send it to your, it's actually a YouTube video. So I'll, I'll send the link to your but remember, it seems like every year there's a magical study. Yeah, there's always something magical that comes out. But remember, it's just yeah, a good old fashioned. If there was a right, I agree with you completely. Um, but I want to do everything I can 
to avoid surgery. <laughs> so, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll eat goji berries if they're any good, but also well, I'll drink some apple juice. So Three poisons. Three poisons for cataracts. Salt, sugar, and hard water. They're the three poisons. Hard water? Hard water. So, oh, so like a water softener. Really? Or alkalize, you know, alkalize your water. Um, you I know. do. I do. Yeah, that's right. what the old time was written in the ophthalmology literature, the three poisons. And the big poison right now is lead. All the studies indicate yeah. that elevated lead is definitely the um, incidence of cataracts. So if you have elevated lead, I do. I did the test and I yeah, am doing the You've got to do the chelation. Yeah, so it's going to take a while, right? To cataracts get it down. Are, cataracts are one of the toughest conditions that I treat, mainly because it just takes a, a long time. And don't forget the microcurrent. So because the microcurrent detoxifies yes, your eye and it can help. Yeah. So I'll just be patient. Be patient. But listen, I have a question. if your vision is getting worse, then I want to hear from you immediately. But it may take a couple of months. Well, yeah. Um, I think um, I think my vision is stable and maybe slightly better than it was mm -hmm. when I started. Mm -hmm. but, I, but I just sent a number of. Um, test documents to your office. They should arrive this week with the results of my latest test. So you can take a look at that if you have, we'll take a look. have time. Okay. Okay. Bye. All right. Somebody else had a question? Yes, I have a question, Dr. Contrat. Yes. <clears throat> um, um, uh, as a matter of fact, I have more than one question. Uh, first, I tried to put the GoToMeeting on my computer but my computer is refusing, so I am using my phone right now. Hmm. Um, Maybe check. How out. how do I know? There's a there's a toll free number. You can call up GoToMeeting. They have a toll free number, and you can ask them why. It could be maybe a setting on your computer. Okay. Um, now I did the uh, heavy metal test. <clears throat> and I'm high on lead. Um, since I am in Canada, uh, I I um, I checked if, if somebody does collation here in Canada, so I can save on uh, transporting the stuff to me and coming back. And they do collation here by IV, and it is a quick kind of collation. Uh, what do you think of that? Well, there's many different ways of doing chelation, and they do have a uh, quick IV chelation, uh, which is uh, popular with a lot of doctors. And it's also popular with a lot of patients because you don't have to sit there for a couple of hours. I like the slow and steady long treatment. That was the treatment that was um, utilized in the national government study, the TAC study. T-A-C-T, -T, Trial to Assess Chelation Therapy. They did a two to a three-hour treatment. But uh, the bottom line is what it does to your 
heavy metals. So I would say whatever treatment the doctor recommends, do it faithfully and then reevaluate your lead in six months. So whatever treatment you're doing, because I, I talk to patients, they like they want to use zeolite, uh, they want to use um, you know chlorella, they want to. I say fine, you know use it, and let's, and let's check your urine in six months. But the, the gold standard is EDTA, and it doesn't matter how you get it in your body, whether it's a, a long IV, a short IV, whether it's oral, whether it's rectal. You know, getting it into your body is is the key. So I would stick with the short. Okay. And then reevaluate things in um, uh, six months. Okay, doctor. Um, also, um, I, I I'm using the um, the microcurrent, and at the beginning I found um, my vision is getting really blurry, like I couldn't see properly. And um, and I paid attention to the hydration and uh, mm -hmm. and the, the wetness of the glove, the wetness of the glove. Um, now I can say that uh, <clears throat> some days I, I see really clearly, and some days I see still blurry. Uh, but uh, in general, I feel it is better. But the blurry uh, experience. Um, I don't know what do you think about. Well, you know, um, many times patients will get blurred vision because they're dehydrated. They're not drinking enough water. Also, there's something, you know, called an aggravation or a healing crisis. Sometimes the toxins are leaving your body and that will cause um, a problem. Okay. Um, but it's not for, for the mic. like you're on the right track because remember healing doesn't play uh, go in a straight direction sometimes you have uh, peaks and valleys you know some days better some days worse but generally speaking we want the overall average of your vision to be better yes um uh, okay, doctor. Uh, now with the microcurrent, we are using uh, the microcurrent. Uh, um, I believe that for the long term, for the long term. Now, do we um, does the um, the the setting changes for the long term? Do I do we have to program the microcurrent with different waves uh, to suit our situation uh, as we go along? Sometimes we need to change the setting, but generally speaking, we keep the same setting. Maybe after a year, two okay. years, and it depends on your condition too. So it's always a good idea okay. that we maybe reevaluate things in a year. Okay. So I look at your records. Okay. Um, and then I'm, I'm studying, I'm constantly studying and doing research. I think I mentioned that I'm going back to school and I'm looking, you know, studying electrical engineering. Uh, I go to different meetings. Other doctors are using microcurrent. They're giving different results. So I like to say that the treatments that I'm doing today are way different than I did five years ago and way different than what I did 10 years ago. Treatments are much different. 
Okay. How do I know the LM uh, homeopathy is working for me, doctor? Like, uh, I take it every morning, uh, as you instructed me, and uh, I just... You probably need a consult. You probably have to talk to me, and we have to review things. But generally speaking, the homeopathic remedy uh, oh, works, works very slowly over time. Okay, okay. I did the, um, the, the test, uh, the six-month test yesterday, and uh, my doctor was surprised uh, that I have a glaucoma on my left eye, uh, and he was surprised that uh, the pressure on my left eye is less than my good eye. Well, there you have it. And uh, there's something. Glaucoma is not supposed yeah. to be better. That's good news. Congratulations. Yes. And uh, and uh, the other thing I didn't tell him, they prescribed for me uh, two eye drops. Uh, I take the Azopt in the morning, and I take the Lumigan and the Azopt in the evening. And I found this was irritating me. So I dropped. Uh, the eye drops in the morning uh, for some time and I didn't tell him and um, I was just waiting to see the results of what I'm doing and it turned out to be great so I don't need to take it in the morning Good. yet he insisted that I should take it in the morning mm -hmm. okay well something's working so, here. it could be the homeopathy it could be okay. the microcurrents now usually I like to change a homeopathic remedy if you have something negative, if you develop a new negative symptom. Let's say you develop a asthma. Such you as had it before. Uh, let's say you know, develop you develop severe headaches you never had before. If you develop a new symptom, then we have to look at possibly changing the homeopathic remedy. But everything is the same, maybe slightly better. You continue the remedy. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Thank you, doctor. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you. <clears throat> any other, any other? Yeah, questions? I just want to ask a simple question. Y yeah, uh, I'm using like a like a band to hold uh, the gloves on my eyes. Is that okay? I'm using uh, like maybe, a band. Maybe send to hold the gloves. Maybe send me a picture. It should not be a problem, but if you could send me a picture so I could look at it. But how can I take a picture when I'm uh, when I'm <laughs> when it's on? Uh, maybe have a friend take it. Or somebody. <laughs> oh, I okay. Band, I will try. Okay, okay. If the band is uh, rubber, or if the band is uh, well, see if it's a cloth band. It's it's a. It's mostly cloth. Yeah. Yeah. See, it's the, like, cloth, uh, Velcro. the cloth may get Velcro wet, type. and it may yeah. short the short the circuit. That's the problem. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't get wet. It's a uh, it's a kind of uh, Velcro type. Uh, Maybe plastic. I think. Yeah. It's it. Yeah. It doesn't probably, get wet. It's probably okay. But take a picture and send it to us. Oh, okay. Uh, Dr. Conrad, why do we have it in a glove shape? Uh, at the beginning, I made the mistake and I wore the glove. 
and uh, I was told so that I'm doing it wrong. That's, I a, long, that's a long story. Initially, uh, we had uh, developed, a initially we're using an acupuncture probe where you would put, touch at different points on the eye. And that was very tedious for patients. We also developed uh, glasses that you wore. But we have a lot of difficulty with the glasses. They were expensive. And we had trouble with the FDA. The, it, it, and so we ended up using these gloves. These gloves are inexpensive. They are silver impregnated silk. They have an extremely high conduction and a good surface. It's, they seem to work. They're simple and they work wonderfully. Also, they're adaptable. So you can hold the gloves and like do a stress treatment. You can put them on your leg. So if you have glasses, you couldn't you couldn't utilize it. So right now, it seems to work. I know it's kind of silly and you wonder why, but I am working with a company called ISA, and we are they are developing some electroconductive glasses. But this is a major company, and we're trying to get FDA approved. The company is called iCell. You can go to i-cell.org and get more information on that. Okay. Uh, okay. <clears throat> but uh, when we put it, it's uh, in, uh, wrapped in a wet cloth, and a wet uh, cloth. Um, the, is it important that the glove itself gets wet? Well, if the washcloth is wet, the glove is going to get wet. So actually, you could hold a dry glove in your hand, and you're still going to get, you know, the electroconduction. But you'll get oh, a okay. better so, you'll get a better conduction if it's wet. So theoretically, right. uh, the glove should be wet along with the washcloth. But if you don't wet the gloves, if you put them in a wet washcloth, they are going to get wet. Ah, okay. Uh, now, uh, since we are in Canada, it gets really cold in the in, in the winter. Uh -huh. <laughs> and uh, using and using the wet cloth oh, would be really. Sorry. Uh, Those of you who can see me, I should be having my mask on. I have my mask. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. Uh, it, it gets really cold in the winter. So using uh, the wet wet cloth with a microcurrent, uh, is there an alternative we can use no. than the wet cloth? Not no? really. Okay. No. You can use warm water. Uh, what do you mean? Uh, on, on the glove itself? Yeah. Use hot water. Put the washcloth in hot water. Uh, oh yes, yes, yes. I do. I do that right now. Yeah. All right. Okay. Thank you, doctor. Okay. Any other questions? Remember, uh, all of this is being recorded. So those of you that have missed the last um, meeting, which we talked about homeopathy, you can, um, you know, it's recorded. It's available on my podcast. This will be recorded. And I really want to hear from you. If you have a particular topic you want me to talk about, email me at info at healing the eye or call the office and say, I'd like Dr. Kondrat to talk more about this. Okay, this this is an opportunity 
for us to, you know, ask questions and, and learn. Okay. I have, I have an area of interest and I know you're an expert, but it, it's hard to, maybe you could talk about it sometime, which is, can the optic nerve regenerate? Everything that you hear from conventional medicine is that it cannot. But what is your, your thought? Okay, well, I'll have uh, next, next month, I'll talk about regeneration of the optic nerve. Or I'll talk about regeneration. That's, that's my general. problem. We'll talk about regeneration in general. Can the retina regenerate? Can the optic nerve regenerate? And the answer is yes. I see it all the time. Uh, that gives I've me published, hope. I've published a couple of papers on that, on regeneration. I'm Great. recently a co-author of a textbook on regeneration. So, in fact, they call it regenerative medicine. Do you have any articles you could send us or uh, we could yeah, go find to, on? Uh, go to articles.com. That's all one word, articles.com, And that's all my publications are there, including a textbook. Great. So if we read a little ahead, maybe we'll ask better questions. Okay, but I'll talk about that uh, next month. Wonderful. Thank that'll, you. That'll be the feature topic. Uh, Dr. Condor, did you say that one of the three enemies of cataracts was salt? Yes, salt. Sugar. Oh, hard work. Um, if you're not eating um, junk food and a lot of processed food, um, I've read quite a few articles saying that uh, most people need more salt. Well, I mean, you, salt is essential for life. You need, you need a small amount, but I think the American diet has an excessive amount of salt. I know here in the U.S., right. the food, our food is cooked with two spices, salt and pepper. That's it. If it doesn't taste good, you add too much salt. And when I travel to India, they have about 30 or 40 different spices. They use very little salt. They're using curry, uh, turmeric, cardamom, you know, all these wonderful spices. But in the U.S., and of course, we have salted foods, you know, potato chips, pretzels, um, salted meat. It's, it's too much salt. But I do think that the big contributing factor right now is elevated lead. You know, you really got to look at getting rid of that lead. Numerous studies have shown. Dr. Condright, can you um, speak a little bit, uh, you know, with salt, though, there is um, the type that's in all these processed foods and basic salt, but the sea salt, which has all the trace minerals that we might need, is maybe a little different. Um, are you able to speak to that a little bit? Because, um, you know, I work with different nutritionists, and um, I'm often taking salt, you know, but uh, I have very, I have low blood pressure, but I don't know. I'm just, I'm not, I'm helping my mother with this. It's not for me, but I'm, um, mm -hmm. well, and in right. homeopathy, you know, you're, you're right, you're right and about the salt. sea salt, you're right about the sea salt, um, because it's actually not pure salt. It's not sodium chloride. It's a lot of trace minerals that are in the ocean, but the problem is our oceans are contaminated 
And that's why a lot of people advocate, and, and so do I, the Himalayan sea salt. The Himalayan sea salt is mined from an ancient yeah. sea. So it has a lot of these trace minerals. So it's not just sodium chloride, but it has a lot of these trace minerals, which our, which our body needs. So I'm not, I think someone's trying to ask a question, but I can't quite hear it. Oh, maybe that's just some background noise. Right. Um, Dr. Conner, uh, can you speak to um, um, uh, what was I saying? Um, doing the um, chelate, EDTA chelation, there are people who say that um, uh, you should take binders with it. Like, I think someone asked you about activated charcoal, which you didn't like, but um, some people would probably suggest that you take some activated charcoal prior to the EDTA chelation because they think that the EDTA will not only, um, I guess maybe it takes the, some of the heavy metals itself, but it will encourage the body to release heavy metals that uh, might migrate elsewhere. And um, some of them who that don't say get extracted through the urine um, might go to your stomach and you might get other symptoms or cause other issues. And what do you think in general about the, the requirement for binders with EDT? Uh, I'll be honest with you, I'm not familiar with that. That I haven't heard that in my training or talking to other doctors. Uh, I haven't heard anybody mention binders. But here's the thing with the EDTA. The EDTA is a big, gigantic molecule. It's actually four vinegar molecules attached. So it's like this big octopus. And lead and mercury are huge molecules. I mean, they're about the size of a room, while the um, zinc and selenium are tiny little guys. So it binds. When it binds the um, lead or mercury, it, it binds them firmly. It's not like it chases them out of the body and they're all loose. It binds them. So this idea that if you take the EDTA, everything is liberated and it's flying around is false. It binds it, it makes it soluble, and it's excreted in urine. But some people are sensitive. By that, I mean they can't take a full dose of chelation. You know, they're toxic. And so when you're undergoing chelation therapy, you have to make an adjustment to make sure that um, you know, you're not detoxifying too quickly. So some people maybe need mm -hmm. a half an IV dose uh, or a quarter. Uh, some of my patients only can do two ocular detox a day. They can't take six. Sometimes they can only do a suppository once a week. They can't do it every other day. Everybody's different. You have to listen to your body. And of course, a lot depends on your nutrition. And are you properly hydrated? Because if you undergo chelation and you are um, uh, dehydrated, you're going to get sick because you need that water, you know, to flush the chelated minerals out of your body. 
when you say sick, what kind of symptoms might you experience if you're um, chelating too fast? Uh, toxic symptoms, maybe muscle aches, the flu symptoms, a fever. You just feel sick. You don't feel right. Okay, because I've actually gotten some fevers and I, I, I couldn't figure it out um, what was doing it. And uh, there seemed to be some correlation. So I stopped the chelation. But mm -hmm. um, you probably had too high it may of a not, dose. Well, the, the fact that it's still occurring, I, I, I may have become allergic to some food. I don't know. It's um, something I, I'm working on. But mm -hmm. uh, that, that's just what led me to ask the question when I noticed there might have been a correlation, but. Um, but I would make sure and, that uh, you're, drinking, you're drinking plenty of water. I think that's important, drinking plenty of water, you know, the flesh or not, and, um, and also look at the type of chelation that you're doing. You're talking about IV chelation? No, um, the uh, detoxamine. Okay. Yeah, the detoxamine, generally speaking, is very gentle. It tends to be gentle compared to the IV. You know, it's a slow absorption. Well, I'm really sorry. My computer uh, is just, my battery is just about lost. So I'm afraid I'm going to have to end now. Uh, but I want to thank everybody for joining. And... Um, you know, if you do have any questions, additional questions, you know, email the office because I see all the emails that go to the office and we have an office meeting every day. And if the girls can't answer it, you know, I help them with it. But remember next Wednesday, or not next Wednesday, next month, the first Wednesday, we're gonna talk about regeneration. Okay, I'll give you some examples of regeneration. So I want to thank all of you for um, joining the meeting and stay healthy and safe, okay? And I'll see everybody next uh, next month, first Wednesday. So hang in there. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Thank you, doctor. Thank, thank you. you. And congratulations. Thank you. Yeah.